This is Jimmy Bratcher. Happy Sunday morning to you. I mean, it's a great day. It's a day that we should be rejoicing in one way or another. And uh, I'm just happy that you're here and that everything is happening. It's happening with you and that God is still on his throne and he ain't disappointed he isn't surprised. He isn't taken back. He's not mad. He's not angry. All of that good stuff. Well, we are celebrating Advent for the last three weeks, and we're going to do this weekend and one more. And in order to do that, this weekend is about joy. So I wanted to just, I want to talk about joy and how it relates to us and all that Jesus did for us. And I want to sing about joy.
Come on, somebody. We've got some loud rock and roll. My medication um, alarm is going on. We got some loud rock and roll on Sunday morning. Oh my goodness, and he brought joy. If you feel it right now, somebody shout. I can't scream too loud or I'll overdrive the microphone. I'm pre-recording this because we were out late last night playing at Knuckleheads and I thought it would be best if I pre-recorded it rather than me try to wake up at six o'clock in the morning and get everything done so that I could uh, be on time. But it's a, it, I'm sure last night was a great event. They moved us out of the gospel lounge into the saloon, which is a larger, um, a larger venue. So there's four venues at Knuckleheads for those of you that don't know. So there's the Gospel Lounge, which is my favorite, which seats about 90 people. And then there's the Saloon, which is the original stage. That room seats about 200. There's the garage across the street. It seats about 480. And then the outdoor venue, which seats about 1,200. So it just makes sense for them to move us into the saloon just because of the flow of traffic and people and everything. It's just easier. So we'll be on a little bit bigger stage, which means we can play a little bit louder. So anyway, we're talking about joy. I've got a bunch of prayer requests that I'll save for the end. We're talking about joy. And joy is a characteristic of the kingdom of God. Well, let's pray. Father, help us to absorb this. Help us to uh, take this revelation and really apply it to our lives that we might experience joy in everything in our lives, even in the hard times. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's interesting that joy is one of the three dominant characteristics of the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So if God says, hey, look, my kingdom's made up of righteousness, making people, receiving the gift, you know, Jesus giving us the gift of righteousness that makes us, you know, the definition of righteousness that we use around here is as it should be. And Jesus gave that to us as a gift. So righteousness Peace, which we talked about last week, you know, that's the, the peace that God gives us that transcends our understanding, that is the guide or the umpire for our life. I didn't get into that. And then joy. So joy is a big deal when it comes to God. It's mentioned over 165 times in the Bible, and he hangs the kingdom, one-third of the kingdom, on the reality of joy. And man, that is just so cool to me that God would put such an emphasis on that. So in joy, you know, it's reflected in so many things, but primarily when you get around people that are joyful, you can sense the reality of that. You can, you know, people will say, well, it's their personality. You know, they have an inspirational personality and they're just, you know, all these things. It's like, no. I mean, you get around people, even stoic people who are joyful, you can sense the reality of that joy that's coming out of them. You know, I talk about Peter's aura a lot. You know, Peter had this shadow and uh, people they'd line people up in the street and whenever he walked by, his shadow would fall on them and they would be healed. Well, as believers, we have that same type of presence in our life. 
And whenever we allow the, the fruit of the kingdom, you know, whenever we know that we are right with God and we're at peace with God from that, we're experiencing the peace of God in our hearts. We have joy working in us that can't shake us, that anything that comes our way isn't going to win. Then when those when we're around people, those things automatically come out. And listen, I've been around weight and I've been this, so I'm not criticizing everybody and not including myself in it. I'm not a I'm trying hard not to be an ought to preacher. But I've been around way too many intense, grumpy Christians. I mean, they're like so keyed up and so, you know, paranoid about, you know, being, uh, oh, being contaminated that they can't, they don't really know how to enjoy themselves in situations that aren't programmed like church. And I'm, you know, I'm a church guy. I'm not slamming it. I'm just stating the obvious. You know, you get in a programmed environment like that and it's really easy because you know everything that's going to happen. You can control things and you know I'm a control freak, so I like that kind of stuff. But getting, you know, loosening up, quit being so uptight and experiencing the realities of righteousness, peace, and joy. Well, there's a doctrine that we use um, Preachers use sometimes to create significance, and it really is true. It's called the doctrine of first mention. The first thing, first time something's mentioned in the Bible, it is significant. So I went to my Blue Letter Bible, blueletter.com. If y'all don't use that, it's a great study tool. Um, and if you use it, make sure you make a donation. That's that's what I'm saying. Um, and I typed in the word joy, and the first passage of scripture that showed up was in 1 Samuel 18.6. And I was surprised that it was that far into the Bible. But, it, it, and, and it's interesting, there's some things that we'll learn out of this. Here's what it says, 1 Samuel 18.6, in King James, King Jimmy. And it came to pass that as they came, when David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistines, that the women came out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, tambourines with joy and instruments of music. So there's a whole bunch of things here that are the first, you know, to tie together. So first of all, it's mentioning joy and David. And, you know, it's like, okay. So that means there's something about David that caused this thing to come about. It's also mentioning, first mention, about women. That it wasn't the, you know, the men were busy fighting the battle, but the women came out singing and dancing, playing tambourines with joy and all kinds of other musical instruments. And I'm sure there were a lot of men there. But you know, it's interesting that we find joy and music here tied together. So there's something about that. First Chronicles 15, 16, again talking about David. And David spake to the chief of the Levites to appoint their brethren to be singers with instruments of music 
psalms and harps and cymbals, or psalteries, harps and cymbals sounding by lifting up the voice of joy. So we have this tie here to music and joy. You know, David here is commissioning uh, the Levites in the temple and, or in the, yeah, in the temple. And he, you know, David, you know, if you study David, which I have because I'm a musician, you know, David actually created these instruments. Like there wasn't, there wasn't instruments just kind of, oh, we'll go down to the local music store, you know, uh, whatever it is. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to make something up. Um, and we'll buy some instruments. There weren't any instruments, so David had to create them. And, and in doing so, he creates these instruments for the sole purpose of creating an atmosphere, an ambience of worship. And one of the key ingredients there was joy. And David commissioned these people that they should go and they should lift up their voices as singers and lift up the, their voice with joy. And so we have this tie of joy, which we can, can, we can make the case it is an emotion. Joy is an emotion. And I like to go even deeper than that because it's part of the kingdom. It's part of the fabric of our new creation DNA. And, and you know, everything tries to come against our, those, those three things of the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy. You know, the righteousness is attacked by saying, you got to work for this. You know, you, you come to Jesus and he receives you, but from then on, it's, okay, now I've received Jesus. Now I have to do all these things to merit him giving me and answering my prayers and taking care of me and, and fulfilling all the promises and all those things. And that is completely erroneous. We qualify for the promises and the blessings of God based on the finished work of Jesus and the gift of righteousness that he gave us. It's not by works, by faith. And so it's tied to that emotion. So my, one of my questions is, and again, I'm a church guy. I'm in churches all the time. And I love the local church. I say that Jesus saved my soul. The church saved my life. Because if it wasn't for the church teaching me all that was available for me in Jesus and helping me develop my character, I would have never made it. But my, my so all that disclaimer to say, then why is it that so many worship services aren't joyful? It, it beats the heck out of me. I mean, I, I, I'm in a lot of modern worship settings, and I'm like looking around. I'm looking for, I'm looking for two things really. I'm looking for the exaltation, the lifting up of Jesus, specifically, not kind of around Jesus. Not talking about, you know, attributes and blessings and those things. I'm talking about specifically, are we exalting Jesus? And I, I, it's amazing how many times I'm in worship service and I'm listening, I'm reading the lyrics up on the screen, I'm listening to the music, and nobody mentions the name of Jesus. They'll sing kind of about his name, but they won't specifically use his name. And to me, 
that I'm just like I'm missing something. Something's missing in that. So I look for that and I look for New Testament consistency. And there's just a bunch of bad theology about that, completely off of my message. So anyway, it got something, you know, another verse that talks about joy is Psalm 1611. And we used to sing this back in the day, back I'm getting all nostalgic. We used to sing this. Psalm 1611 says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore, period. Let those that that love him praise the Lord. So it shows me here that that he's going to show me the path for my life, and I can rest in that. It's not going to be some vague, nebulous thing out here. He's going to show me. I'm from Missouri. We live in the show-me state. So, I, you know, it's expected around here that you get stuff shown to you. But it says he's going to show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. And one of the things that I... Absolutely. It, it just, you know, it's not good. Let's just put it this way. Whether I like it or not, it's not good. Is that people try to make God's presence something that comes and goes. It's like we, boy, we went to that service. Man, the Spirit of the Lord was really there. It's like, wait a minute. Uh, no, he's in your heart. Jesus paid and bought for the the right and the privilege, the territorial deed to access the realities of you and bring his presence into you so that he wouldn't leave. So if we're going to experience his presence, you know, in your presence is fullness of joy, where's his presence at? In us. It's in us. Once we receive Jesus by faith, he's coming He's taken up resident, and he is not leaving. He's staying, period, staying put. So, but, you know, and when we do that, when we say, you know, the presence of God, we went to this place, you know, you got you to gotta go here, you got to go there. If you're really going to experience the presence of God, you got to go to, it's got to be all this stuff and everything. Sorry, when we do that, what we're doing, and we're not, and I don't believe people do it intentionally. I believe they do it because in, in church culture, it's what they've been taught. But in doing that, what they're saying is, I deny the realities of the resurrection of Jesus. There you go. That's some strong meat right there. We, when we say, you know, when we treat God like he's an aloof far away, you know, out here in the heavens of heavens, then we misrepresent the realities of the resurrection that Jesus paid the price so that he and the Father and the Holy Spirit could come and live in us. And that right there is some good stuff. If music and joy are tied together in Scripture, why are there so many current worship songs that are sad? And, and I'm, I'm a blues guy, and I'm talking about singing sad songs. 
Come on, somebody. We need some songs that are happy songs. I mean, I feel like when I go to church, it's like I go to the movies, and I don't go to the movies anymore, but when I went to the movie, or when I'm watching a movie, if it's got a sad ending, I want my money back. It's like this is supposed to be entertainment. I want my money back. And I'm not going to church and, you know, I'm not, I don't want to go to church and leave church feeling sad. It's just that simple. I want to go experience together the reality of his collective presence that we bring together that causes our awareness to be heightened and we experience all of the benefits and blessings of extolling our worship upon God. And from that, we are happy, joyful, at peace, experience the realities of righteousness, and we go out into the world and we spread that righteousness around. So, meanwhile, back to Advent. <laughs> the first time... The word joy is mentioned in the New Covenant, the New Testament, is in Matthew chapter 2, verse 10. And it says this, Matthew 2, 10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. So he's talking about the Magi. And when they saw this, just even, I mean, Jesus hadn't even arrived yet. They see the star, and it invokes joy. The first symbol of his appearance and the effect of that on mankind is joy. I, I, that just like, that blows my mind. The second time, or one other time it's mentioned, is in Luke. It's tying Jesus to joy in Luke 1.14. It says, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. Why? Because of joy. Because of all the oppression that this, that was going to be taken away, defeated off of mankind. And the reality of that, and man, I, th I just think that we can do a better job in communicating, you know, we all get so serious uh, and, you know, especially around this time with the, the tradition, just even with Advent, it's like, and it's good for us to reflect and to be serious and, and to contemplate deeply the things that happened at this time that we celebrate. But also, it wasn't just that. I mean, you know, it wasn't just all of the deep, you know, dark things that were going to take place and happen, it was also those three things of the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy. One more, and then I'll quit. Luke 2.10, which is, you know, familiar. For the angel, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, and they shall be to all people. The angel's announcement, fear not. Got to drive that fear out. I bring you good tidings, good news, 
I ain't got nothing but good news, and neither does Jesus, of great joy, which shall be to all people. Man, that is so cool. So as we're celebrating this season, people are lighting candles to represent the reality of Jesus coming and his joy. So I want you to be meditating on the realities of his indwelling presence and with him bringing joy into your life. And I know there's a lot of hard stuff going on right now, but a good word, you know, anxiety is found in the heart of man, but a good word makes it glad again. The word anxiety there in Proverbs is uh, the word depression. Depression is found in the heart of man, but a good word makes it glad again. We need, we need joy because joy is the joy of the Lord is our strength. Well, we have a lot of stuff going on. Um, let's see, we're knuckleheads last night, uh, this Tuesday, 14th. And I'm going to try to shoot some video of this. Sherry and I are taking 1,350 books to El Dorado Correctional Center to be given away to the men there. And that's a great thing. Wednesday night, I will be with my friend Fred Heron at the Cable Building in North Kansas City, Missouri. And doing at 6.30 and doing an Advent event on joy. How about that? I'm going to be singing. I'll be singing a bunch. I'll be singing five songs. And then kind of a follow-up for people that we're praying for. Amanda had surgery on Tuesday, and she is recovering. It was a very extensive surgery, much greater than uh, they thought it was going to be, several hours. But she was released uh, on Wednesday, and she's home and recovering. She's going to be gone for about out of, work, out of commission. You know, she works for us for about six weeks, so... Um, Y'all be praying for Amanda. Our son Jason is in the midst of a health thing too. He's had a bunch of breakthroughs, but Thursday night he uh, had an accident. He tripped and fell with his with his bad arm. He's had four surgeries on his elbow since April. Extended and dislocated his shoulder, and it's not wanting to go back into place. So he's got an appointment this Thursday. Of course, Pam Summers. Pam is uh, the miracle girl, and she has got COVID, and so we are believing for complete restoration, not just from COVID, but from uh, every other thing that's been trying to um, trying to take away Pam's health. And finally, my friend Mark Gunger, who had a TIA, a mini stroke, last Sunday, and we want to lift those people up and everyone else that's suffering in our world. So, Father, we just come to you now and we thank you for your presence, for your, your abiding presence in us, for your joy in our hearts. And, Lord, I pray that everywhere we go, we would be an expression of joy and gladness. We pray for our family and friends, Lord, that are suffering, that are sick. Lord, we pronounce health over them, healing and health. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, we pray for everyone that's traveling during this season. Lord, we ask for your wisdom, safety, provision, all of those things. And Lord, it's extra, extra special for us, Lord. Give us, the, just make us effective as we're with our family. 
in expressing the realities of the love of God and the values of the kingdom of God. And Lord, we just thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all. I will see you on Wednesday and give you a full report of uh, the weekend and all those things. Of course, I'll have to pre-record it because I am doing a live event. But nonetheless, we love you. Thank you. If you want to contribute to the books, you can uh, online at jimmybratcher.com or at Venmo at revjb.com. So love you all, and I will see you.